Our Father, we worship you and we give you all the praise. There is none like you. You are the Lord our Father. There is no other God beside you. We are grateful to be called sons and daughters of the living God. We are grateful for the opportunity you have given unto us. You found us when we were on our way to perdition. You brought us unto yourself, cleanse us, wash us in your own precious blood. You wrote our names in the book of life, and you said, we are yours. And so, Father, tonight, we thank you. We glorify your name. You who has graciously giving unto us your own life that we might be your representative here on earth. We glorify your name tonight and we say be thou glorified and be thou exalted in the name of Jesus. Thank you our God as we worship in Jesus name. Hallelujah. May be seated. Thank you. I hope we're not too cold rain has been dripping and dripping non-stop, and um, we're not having snow, so, <laughs> so it's, it's still all right, amen, hallelujah, so um, we know some, some of our folks are in Thailand, so definitely um, our prayers are with them, and we will definitely Receive them back with good, great news of great tidings in the name of Jesus. So tonight we're just going to see if there are questions regarding the teachings that we have been um, tracking for these few weeks. Last Sunday we, we talked about the grace of giving and elaborated on some of key points, answered some questions. So I don't know if there are other questions, um, clarifications um, concerning the, the message or the subject matter, which is literally talking about giving a generous life. Um, do we have any questions? Do we have any clarifications before we um, maybe touch on a few things as a way of recap? Any general question? Yes. Okay, um, so that, that's a very good point because um, I, as a matter of principle, pay double attention to anything Jesus ever say in the Bible. I just sometimes dwell on it for so long because I know that whatsoever proceeds out of his mouth 
is directly from God. Not that any part of the scripture is not from God. We know that the Bible says all scriptures were given by the inspiration of God. But anything Jesus says, I pay double attention. And so that's one of the things that I think we should always uh, uh, do. And I think it's good to pay attention to that. When he made reference to the widow that was given, the Bible said he was standing by and people were giving their offering. And then he said the widow actually gave more. And she only gave two fathom in some translation. And he explained why. And the why is the actual key that he wanted us to understand, not the quantity of the coin. So he said, Jesus said that the widow gave more than all because she gave all that she had. The rest of the congregation is not like they did not give, but they gave out of their abundance. She gave out of her poverty. And Jesus is making reference to that because, again, like I said when I, you know, share with us, when God asks us to give, it is not the money. He is not hungry. He says, if I am hungry, I will not ask you. Okay? It is the heart, the attitude, and the character of God that he wanted us to learn. And that's exactly what he was pointing to in that scripture. And a lot of time you see that when we talk about giving, especially in the church, it's always about the money. He wanted to move our attention away from the money. Okay? Because it's almost as if the more you give, the, you know, the better. Or, you know, no. God is not about the money. It's not after the money. It's after the heart of giving, the attitude, the character of God. And so that woman, Jesus said, demonstrated the character of God. Because the way God gives to us is God gives us his best. So he gave us his only begotten son, for example. Okay. And so, and that is the key, especially in this message of giving. It is not about the money. And so that's why most of the times I try to not use the word giving. I try to, you know, shy away from, because it's almost as if it draws our mind towards money every time we talk about this. But it is about a generous lifestyle. That's why I make reference to those two scriptures that I wanted us to pay attention to in Matthew chapter 5, right? So it's a lifestyle that God is trying to teach us, a very good example. Some of us, we have children. When you give a child candy, maybe you give like two candy or give him two candy, and then you ask the child to give you one back. Were you hungry or candy? Is it that you really actually wanted candy when you asked the child to give you back? What were you trying to do when you gave the child candy and then you asked the child to give you back some? You were trying to teach the child about sharing. 
And we all do this as we train our children. So anything in the scripture that has to do about giving or sharing is about training. God is trying to train us his lifestyle. And he wants us to understand that. And the, you know, the unfortunate thing is, you know, we are the church, we have really, really uh, not done much in de-emphasizing money and emphasizing the lifestyle God is trying to teach. So we pay so much attention to money and then the result is not what God is looking for. And so I want us to really pay attention and I'm really glad you mentioned that because that's one of the things I wanted to stress tonight. That giving or the generous lifestyle is about the life of God. God is trying to train us his lifestyle. It is about how we ought to live every day and every moment of our lives. And we will see it, and I think we read maybe one or two scriptures, and that's exactly what we want to um, stretch. Let's, let's read from, does that answer your question? Because... No, no, the widow's mite is just a, it's a coin word we use. I don't think, um, the, the Bible is not looking for us to use that word, okay? So the other people gave. It's not like they gave widow's mite. No, they gave offering, period, okay? And the widow gave offering. Even the Bible didn't say widow's mite. We are the ones that say that. Yes, the Bible, I mean, Jesus said, she, I mean, she gave all. She gave her all. She didn't even mention widows. Those are some bogus words that Christians coin out, you know. And so, you know, so when we're giving and we're saying we're giving widows, it's just, I think it's just a buzzword. I don't think it means anything at all, um, at least from a spiritual perspective. Uh, I think it's just like an irony, trying to use a word to describe what you're doing. Um, so giving is, is, Jesus is not necessarily advocating for, um, for us to say we are giving widows mind. No, it's the lifestyle of the widow that he wanted us to emulate. That's it, the lifestyle. You know, a woman who is a widow who still had in her, okay, the ability and disposition to give. And not only did she give, she gave everything she had left. Which means her entire trust is in God. And that's the lifestyle God wants us to live. Okay, you know, most of the time you see that when preacher uses these things, it's almost as if they are telling the congregation to go do that. No. No, that's not what Jesus is saying. It's not about doing. It's about being. It's a lifestyle. 
Because if you go home and just pack everything you had and then you say you give it away, that doesn't mean anything to Jesus. No, that's not what he's saying. How about tomorrow? Will you do that tomorrow? Will you do that next day? Will you do that the next day? Okay? So Jesus is interested in the lifestyle. That this will be our lifestyle moving forward, a lifestyle of generosity. That there is nothing we have that we hold on to. That there is nothing we have that God places a demand on that we are not willing to let go. That's the lifestyle God is looking for. So it's not about money or about wid widows might know. It is about the lifestyle. But unfortunately, a lot of Christians miss that. And that's why they use that word, I mean, giving my widows. What does that mean? Hey, okay. Uh, just to add to what you're saying, because I know a lot of Christians, we had, uh, we, uh, the, Bible, the Bible says we should not add to the scripture, not subtract from it. No, but we hear a lot of things and we just run away with it. There's a scripture here in Luke chapter 18 that I read uh, from verse 10. It said, two men went to pray, still in the same, uh, talking about that. He's just uh, talking about comparing. So Jesus is not comparing you whether you give much or you give less. Just like the pastor said, it's the heart. The heart at which you give. The lady gave, the woman gave, the widow gave out of her sacrifice. You know, there's a sacrificial offering that you give. He has nothing, but that's all that she has. And you have to part with it. Uh, verse 10 of uh, Luke chapter 18 said, Two men went up to pray, to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood, you know, and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other, other men, extortioner. You know, that's what we do in church. We try to, well, I'm better off. I can do, I can do this. God sees the heart of every man, you know, when we do that. I'm not exceptional, unjust, adulterous, or even as this tax collector. Now, now begin to talk about what we, what we do. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, will not even so much raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That is, it's not comparing. He's saying that out of, I'm a tax collector, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm bad, but this is all I have. I don't, I'm not like this person, but this one was compared. Mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Praise God. That's, that, that's, the, um, that's, the, that's the key here, and that's what I want to uh, leave us with, you know, um, in all of this teaching that God is trying to teach us his own lifestyle. That's all God is interested in. Okay? So, um, it is about the very life that God has given us, for example, to be a Christian. Are you sharing that? It's a gift. Christianity is a gift. To be a Christian is a gift. How much of it are we sharing? How much of it are we passing along? Okay? And then there are several gifts that the Holy Spirit deposited in us after we have received Christ. How many of those are we passing along? 
Remember when we read in the, in the, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, one of the key points we made was he gave everyone something to do so as to show who God is. So everything God has given unto us is for us to demonstrate who he is as we pass it on. And we're going to see in the scripture. Let's read 2 um, Corinthians chapter 9. This is a very familiar scripture that we read all the time. I'm going to read this in message translation so that may not be very familiar. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to read from verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to read from verse 3. Now I am sending the brothers to make sure you are ready. This is Paul talking. As I said, you will be, so my bragging won't turn out to be just so much hot here. If some Macedonians and I happen to drop in on you and find you weren't prepared, we will all be pretty red-faced, you and us, for acting so sure of ourselves because he's been making boasts about them, how generous they are. So to make sure there will be no Sleep up. I've recruited these brothers as an advanced team to get you and your promised offering already before I get there. Now pay attention to this next statement. I want you to have all the time you need to make this offering in your own way. I don't want anything forced or hurried at the last minute. Remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. I hope we're paying attention to this. That will protect you. What will protect you? You making up your own mind about what you will give. It will protect you against sub stories and arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. So God wants us to think and make our own decision about how we give so that we will not fall prey or fall victim of arm-twisting preachers. Giving should be something that you personally have to make up your mind about. Not something someone had to propel you, compare you, you know, cajole you, or threaten you. And that's what we have seen in so many churches, unfortunately. Manipulation, all kind of stuff. That God said, no, don't do it that way. That's not what I'm looking for. Why? Because 
they make it about the money. Amen? Now look at verse number 8. It says, God can pour on the blessing in an astonishing way so that you are ready for anything and everything. Much more than just ready to do that, uh, what needs to be done. As one psalmist put it, it throws caution to the wind, giving to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out, never wear out. Amen? We're going to see how that how we can do this in a minute. Let's just read, continue to read. The most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meal is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away. He gives you something, just like an example of a child I just told you. That's all God is doing. He's the one that gives seed to the sower that turns to bread. And he's saying now, he gives us something so that we can give it away. Because he wants us to be him here on earth. He wants us to do exactly what he is doing. He is demonstrating extravagancy towards us so that we can do it to others. That way we are replicating the image of God. We are showing the world who God is. That's what this is all about. It's not limited to money. It's our entire life. So that you can be generous. Look at that. In every way. I wish we can pay attention to this scripture and we will see that when God is talking about a life of generosity, it's not limiting it to offering in the church. But unfortunately when we talk about giving and we make all this, we make it all about offering in the church. No. We miss the mark. I'm so grateful that we're having this teaching and I'm so grateful for all that we have talked about so far. But if we make it about giving offering to the church, we are still on the losing end. That's not what this is about. Giving offering to the church is just one out of many generous lifestyles that God is calling us into. That's what... Pay attention to this. I'm going to read it again. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full-form lives, robust in God, worthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us a great praise to God. So it's about every step, everything we do, being marked with generosity. That everything God has given us, whatsoever it is, God gave us for one purpose. Not just to bless us only, no. So that we can demonstrate his lifestyle with it. 
Every gift, every grace, every anointing, whatsoever it is that God gave us by the power of the Holy Spirit, it is about the ministry and the demonstration and being a witness to Christ. That's all he's supposed to do. And so, the reason why we have not seen much manifestation is because we are so myopic in thinking one is talking about money or thinking is talking about offering in the church. That's just one in a million or gazillion things that God is interested in. He's interested in every aspect of our life being marked with generosity. Because that's what we show who he is. Is God only giving us money? Is money the only thing God gave us? Is the least among the things he has given us. So when we're talking about giving and about generosity, we have to de-emphasize money completely and ensure that it is about a lifestyle. Amen? Verse number 12. Carrying out this social relief work involves far more than helping meet the bare needs of poor Christians. It also produces abundant and bountiful thanksgiving to God. This relief offering is a prod to live at your very best. Can you pay attention to this? Showing your gratitude to God by being openly obedient to the plain meaning of the, Messiah, of the message of Christ. The plain meaning of the message of Christ. Generosity is you displaying the plain meaning of the message of Christ. You show your gratitude through your generous offering to your needy brothers and sisters and really toward everyone. It is not about offering to the church only. It is not about money. God is talking about our lifestyle out in the open. Whether it is in your family, whether it is in your local church, whether it is in your work, workplace, wherever you are, a lifestyle of generosity must be on the display because that's who we are. That's what God is referencing here. Meanwhile, moved by the extravagance of your, of God in your lives, they will respond by praying for you, blah, 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 and the, the rest. I want us to pay attention to this, get home and just read this slowly and slowly and digest it so that we can actually understand that this message should not pass us by to not understand what God wants us to do and where he wants us to be. Otherwise, um, God forbid that, you know, we continue the status quo. Amen? I'm going to read one more scripture and we'll close. Acts of Apostles chapter 4. Acts of Apostles chapter 4. This is about a generous lifestyle. The grace of giving 
the ability to share, the ability to give generously, the ability to, to live a generous life is through the power of the Holy Spirit. God deliberately gave us the Holy Spirit to help us to do this. But if our attention is not rightly focused, the church in general will continue to miss this. Look at the Acts of Apostles chapter 4. I'm just going to jump quickly from verse number 31. Acts of Apostles chapter 4 from verse number 31. While they were praying, the place where they were meeting trembled and shook. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak God's word with fearless confidence. Verse 32. The whole congregation of believers was united as one. Now, pay attention and see what the Holy Spirit did in them as they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? He said the whole congregation of believers was united as one. One heart, one mind. The thing that made, they didn't even claim ownership of their own possession. You see, every time we have talked about the Holy Spirit, we talk about speaking in tongues, we talk about you know, prophecy, we talk about all kinds of things. You know, because we just want to use the scripture where it favors us or where it meets what we... But look, pay attention on what the Holy Spirit does in the life of believers as the Holy Spirit came upon them. The Bible says something happened to them. All the believers, they begin to think in the same direction. Their mind is now aligned. They are thinking the same thing. Why? Because it's only one spirit. It's the spirit of God. The spirit in you, the spirit is the same spirit. Now they are connected to the source. Amen? Now, watch this. They didn't even ownership of their own possession. Generous lifestyle begin when the power of the Holy Spirit actually manifest in us. When we have received the Holy Ghost, truly, truly received the Holy Spirit, this must happen. Because it's only one Spirit. There is no two Spirit. There's no half of... No, it's one Holy Spirit. And when we embrace the power of the Holy Spirit, this must happen. Christians must begin to think in accord. With one mind. There shouldn't be all kind of discrepancy. You go in that direction, I'm going that direction. No. That means someone else is talking to either of us. If we're getting signal from the same Holy Spirit, then our mind should be aligned. Amen? But more importantly, see what he's saying there. The moment the Holy Spirit came upon them, no one is even claiming ownership anymore or their own possession. No one said, that's mine. You can't have it. They shared everything. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So in order to live a generous life, in order to talk about giving, it is the power of the Holy Spirit. The moment the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we know what the Holy Spirit is, is after, we begin to move in tune with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will inspire us to tell us whatever we have is given to us for a purpose. He has given us everything so we can give it away. That's what he just said in the scriptures. If the Holy Spirit begins to work in our heart, does it mean we don't have the Holy Spirit? We do. We don't listen to him. That's the problem. Our attention is divided. We're not paying attention to what the Holy Spirit is trying to accomplish. Even though God has given us the Holy Spirit. And it's through the power of the scripture that all that Christ wanted to do by the Holy Spirit can be revealed again. And then we begin to adjust ourselves to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Amen? And so, they share everything. And what happened as a result of that? The apostle gave powerful witness to the resurrection of the master Jesus Christ. And great grace was on all of them. The life of generosity is the key to evangelizing and bringing souls into the kingdom of God. You see, all this, um, you know, gymnastic of passing tracks, they are very good. How effective have they been? The life of generosity, the Bible said, it resulted into great grace. Came upon them and they manifested and they, the Bible said they witness for Christ. Hallelujah. And so it turned out that not a person, and that's the prayer point we're going to pray now as we round up. See the sequence of events? I, I just wish you go back home and read this, this scripture in message and just, and just pay attention. This is the one I want us to look at and this is the one I'm trusting God for. In verse number 34, and so it turned out that not a person among them was needy. How did that happen? I mean, when are we going to get there? where there will be no one person that is needy among us. And God showed us how it happened. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And the Holy Spirit ministered unto them. And everyone now knows, whatever I have belongs to God. It's no longer mine. Now they share. It is now free to share everything that God has given Unto them. And as soon as they cooperated with the Holy Spirit to begin to live this lifestyle of generosity, the Bible said, great grace was upon them. And the witness for Christ with great grace. And the next thing we saw happen, that's why God will never owe any man. There was no one needy among them. Let's rise on our feet. I want you to ponder over that. There are so many more, but I think that's the place I think we should stop. No one is needy. How? I've been 
on this scripture for a very long time. I'm hoping that in my lifetime here that I will see it happen. No one needy. God cannot lie. It will happen if we allow the Holy Spirit. I want us to talk to God. I want us to pray to God. Lord, I hear your word. I don't know what it means. I don't know how you did it. But I love what I'm hearing. I want to be part of it. I want to get to a place where the scripture will be made manifest in me. The Bible said, no one, no one has need. It turned out that not a person among them was needy. Not a person was needy. I want to see that in my family. I want to see that in this local church. I want to see the manifestation of this word of God. Wherein the great grace of God will be released unto me and my entire household. Whereby the power of the Holy Spirit will be made manifest in us. And we will understand that everything we have is given to us to share. That we will begin to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to live the life of God that he has called us unto and we will see the manifestation of great grace. Come upon us. Come upon our home. Come upon our church. Come upon our families. Come upon our community wherein it can be said concerning us with great grace. The minister and that there is no one person that is needy among us. Lord, this is our hope and our prayer. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that as you did it among the earliest apostles, as recorded in Acts of Apostles chapter 4, we ask, O oh Lord, that you do this among us, that you do this in our family, you take us to a place where we will live our lives so generously and graciously towards others by the power and the leading of your Holy Spirit that your great grace will be make, made manifest, abundant in our life, so much so that we will give credible witness to the life of Christ Jesus. And no one person among us will be needy. Because you, the God of all sufficiency, will grant unto us all grace so that having sufficiency in all things, we are ready to give unto every good work. We glorify your name, Lord, as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless you. Good night.